entering this month, you guys may be here, backs maybe against the wall, like coming out fighting now, like, look, I'm sick of being off these past years. I'm ready to go. <clears throat> well, we definitely feel ready. Um, but, you know, it's going to be hard to tell where we're at until we get through Sunday. Honestly, you know, we felt really confident last year coming out of Thursday, going into Fast Friday, and then things changed uh, pretty quickly, literally within 24 hours. So you just you don't know around this place until it's actually over. Um, but, you know, we feel prepared. We feel energized. We felt that way last year. We feel the same way this year. Let's, you know, let's hope we did our jobs. Were you surprised yesterday? It seemed like a lot of teams doing some early qualifying sims before the boost. Did you guys look like you might have done something to yourself? Oh, yeah. We were doing doing a lot of qualifying work, but I, you don't really get that. Either on Wednesday or Thursday. Obviously, it rained Wednesday. So, I think, you know, it made sense that a lot of people were going to qualify, especially looking at the weather. Um, and I think you, that's why you saw a lot of people just getting a jump start on it, really. And out of the four qualifying laps, what's the most important? Obviously, you want to let a banker lap, but you don't want to fall off too much. But you're yeah. Is there one that maybe stands out that... The average is, I think the, the big the big first lap is probably what's been more focused over the last few years. Everyone wants to see what that first lap is because that gives you margin and cushion for the rest. But you can't fall off either. You've got to be consistent. Um, so a big first lap is always important, but consistency is just as important. Um, so it comes down to those two things. Do you notice when you've run, I don't know how much group running you did yesterday, but on Tuesday, is it tougher this year? Some guys are saying it's a little bit tougher in the pack to train. Is that going to make more of a track position race? I feel like it's pretty similar to last year. Very, very similar. I think the race you saw last year is what you're going to see this year for the most part. Yeah. So hypothetical, you qualify 14th tomorrow. Do you go back out for that second run to try to bump into the Fast 12? Probably, yeah. When it's with you know the way the field's stacked right now, I think we would, yeah. Go here, but do you feel like coming into this month, Maybe Penske backs against the wall after the last two wheel two years feeling. Yeah, I think hopefully we come out pretty strong, and you can we can sort of say, hey, don't wake up the sleeping giant, right? <laughs> but um, you know, at the end of the day, we we are very well aware that it's so competitive right now, and you know, like we said before, you know, it's all been about dotting our eyes, crossing our T's, and making sure that we just sort of figured out what we thought went wrong, and then today is probably D Day in terms of figuring out if, if what we thought was true or even qualifying. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, we're skeptical, all skeptical right now because we know what it's what it's like and how where we were last year at this point. So um, we'll see. Does it feel any different going to the Fast Friday this year compared to going to the Fast Friday last year? Do you feel difference in the car? Maybe? Yeah, uh, I'll probably mentality-wise, I feel more comfortable and sort of know what to expect with the boost levels and what that's going to feel like. Um, probably my first Fast Friday where it's this windy, <laughs> which is going to be pretty dicey. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's been a lot more a, bit, a comfortable month for me just building up I understand everything I understand just you know how it, how it flows the ebbs and flows of it not you don't have to put up a time but as long as you feel good in the car you know things you know just things that I didn't do in my rookie year so I'm, I'm feeling good yeah and I asked Joseph this I'm curious your thoughts out of the four laps what's the most important one you feel like the nail because I think the last one last one yeah I think the last one's very important because that's the one where you had the most drop off and there's probably the most risk on that one you know whether you hold it flat you continue to hold it flat whether you have to breathe off the throttle and it's very hard to be accurate when the tires are starting to get you know worn as the run goes on so I think the last lap for me or you know and probably 
the second most important was probably the opening lap in terms of your opening lap to the green flag, trying to get that as you know mint as possible to get as fast as I can. So how do you set up qualifying this year differently versus last year where you're not necessarily worried about bumping, but you do want to be pretty far up there? So. Yeah, it's risk versus reward, yeah. right? Um, we want to be in the fast 12 because there's championship points there and bits and pieces, but you know, like Tim said before, you know, there's so many good cars, you know, there's already, there's already like 10 cars before you're out of two teams, you know, and that's that's what's crazy. So, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to really sort of, you know, approach it, just apart from just, you know, we've got to make sure that we have a good fast Friday, we feel where we're at, and we'll be okay. Is there a cutoff, maybe you qualify 16th or 17th after your first run, you go, okay, that's where I'm going to go back into the fast 12, or... You know what? I'm gonna stay where I am. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we'll keep trying. I'm sure to get into the fast twelve, yeah. especially now that there's no bump day, we can at least uh, you know go and you know maybe risk a time to get some good conditions or something. And I think you'll. It's gonna be interesting seeing who uses the lanes at what point because some people might have a bad first run and then just come back in, cool the car, and you know delete their time straight away and go and, and just risk it all for another one. And maybe maybe they might lose spots. They might gain some spots. So. And we were probably, like last year, we were more worried about, you know, we'll get into the show, then maybe I could have gone out again and tried something where it was all hands on deck trying to get him through, yeah. Cool, good luck. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Cheers. You, Dalton, if you have a rain day like the other day, it doesn't kill you. Um, it also gives us more time to build up the momentum for the 500. It gives us more time to get get the, the energy in the city and, and surrounding areas going you know now it's like bam bam done you know you're just like you're here it happens and then you you're it's over um which is pretty intense you know running till six like we don't need to run till six like stop at five let's get home to our families you know but if you had two two more days of practice the week prior then you could do those things you know i think it may have even been 11 to 4 or something back in those days i can't remember but you know it just right now it's a it's a different style it's a different mentality um, and that's okay, you know, we do, we do what we have to do, but, uh, you know, I do remember, you know, going back to those days, there was a lot more stuff going on, you know, we had the Raleigh, which was a golf tournament that was here at the Brickyard that almost every team participated in, we had a lot of different activities around town that were very big, you know, the fashion show and everything else, it may still be going on, but I don't even know about it, if it is, and the truth is, because there's no time. We don't have the time anymore to activate around the city uh, like we used to. So those are things that I wish I wish we could go back and do a little bit different. But it's just me. Graham, you always hear drivers say if you're comfortable in a car here, you're not going fast enough. How do you balance That's that? actually not true. You don't think? Okay. Uh, I think it's the opposite. Okay. Um, you know, and I think my dad said this. I, I don't. We don't need to. You know, sensationalize the whole thing. The best laps you drive here. The fastest laps you drive here are the easiest laps you drive here. It's like Jack said up there, the, the, the laps that you're hanging on are, are never the fastest laps. The laps where you're too neutral, the laps where you're fighting the balance through the corner, they're never the fastest laps. The laps in which you just very precise and it's very smooth and everything else, those are the fastest laps you do at the speedway. So um, hanging it out. Uh, it, 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 that works to a limit, but I think we find even with the current car that if you go too far, um, it, it just scrubs more and goes slower. So um, I know the quote, but I don't know that necessarily it's uh, 100% accurate. Have, I've said to say maybe last year, did, was your car in that sweet spot? 
Is that why? In the race. Yes. Yes, in the race it felt very under control. And as I just said a minute ago, I was happy to feel like last, you know, end of practice yesterday, we didn't get much race training, but when we did, it felt very, very similar to that. So I was pretty pleased. Do you change anything? Like 2020, you had a card to win here. I know you talked about that media day last year. And then last year again, is it, I know you don't like to watch the past, probably brings up, and I, I know what happened. Do you change it? Like, man, what do I got to do around here? Are you a superstitious kind of guy? Or? I'm not really. Um, I'm not really. I, I, I'm, as I sat up there, you know, I, I take it for what it's worth. I mean, obviously, I want my time to shine and to win here. We've been close before. Um. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. You know, but... uh... But there's, you know, the majority of people that race at this race never win it, right? But the vast majority. And so, to me, try to, you know, try to put myself in a position, put our team in a position each and every year to win it. We've been close. Uh, We learned from the past 2020, the last stint. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! stagger set of tires and I got really loose. Um, had we just done the same set of tires from the run before, I'd be confident to say you're probably looking at a guy that was, that was that, certainly we were better than Dixie at that stage on fuel as well as, as, as handling, um, but we kind of 
shot ourselves in the foot by trying to get too tricky in the last stand. And last year, everybody knows what happened. So, you know, you've got to learn from your mistakes um, and try to eliminate those going forward. This place is this place, and it, it does. I mean, it's does what it wants to do. Does it crater that you though to have something happen like last year? Does it does it leave a crater in you? That you kind know, of car, put uh, yourself in that position. And yeah, I mean it's tough, man. It's tough to because you just don't know. And you know the way that we had the fuel mileage covered. That's what's the hardest because how many more times are you going to get that chance? Like right. we 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 fooled everybody. I mean we had everybody covered. Even the best of the best, we had covered. And that, now they know, though. They all, they've all watched last year, you know, and if they haven't learned, then that's their role. But they've all watched. So how many chances do you get to do that? That's, that's the trickiest part of this. Um, how, many, how many opportunities do you get where you're coming, you know, it's lap 120, and, for instance, you know, Dixie isn't playing a role, right? And guys like that who normally are going to be the hardest to beat, they're not there. That chance doesn't come very often, so. But they won't say. So, I, um, but I have no problem with that, you know. I, I, dude, you know, the stuff I deal with day in and day out on social media is appalling, you know. Uh, in fact, my PR girl literally just sent me some tweet um, about some guy who thinks he knows how much I'm worth and that racing was never about anything but making money. People have no clue that I've got, you know, the five businesses I own pay me about three times as much as IndyCar Racing does every year. Every year, It's not about money for me. I do this because I've always wanted to win and everything else. The stuff people say, though, you just, uh, it's its fascinating. You know, it, it is fascinating. Uh, uh, social media is a toxic place. Uh, it's a place that I, I, I can't wait for when my time comes to just shut it down and get away. Uh, I enjoy the car culture it breeds, but from a business perspective, uh, it's a dangerous and it's a very slippery slope for, for our you know society to live off of. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's basically what came of that. I think uh, you know obviously there's people like Jenna and, and others who want to continue to stir the pot on this whole romaine thing. I, I raced him wheel to wheel last week and I had no problems. I've said my piece and I move on. Literally Sunday night, I move on to my next thing. I got much bigger things. I got a beautiful family to take care of and everything else. The last thing I'm going to con consume my time with is him. You know, but, but, but that's what people want to think. And, you know, the Twitter trolls all, all day long. Even days like yesterday, oh man, you're still salty about me. I'm like, I haven't even talked about it. You guys are the one talking about it. Obviously, you're still salty about whatever it is you're salty about. Just move on, but none of them can. That's their life, you know. Their life. You, all you got to do to learn a lot about a human being on Twitter is just scroll through their their feed. And these people just are—they're just jerks, you know. The stuff they say to everybody—it's not just me. Uh, a lot of it's provocation. Oh, it just yeah. makes them feel good, you know, about themselves. But you know what makes me feel good? It's my, my wife, my little girl, you know, and, and the life that we have outside of here. You know, it's uh, I've got a lot of happiness, and when Ohio State wins the national championship this year, I'll be a very happy man. I don't need anything else. So now you're putting the pressure on Ryan Day. I see where you're going there. I don't Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. 
So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at hitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.